Hello, love. Welcome back to the School of Female podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I feel like manifestation has become a bit of a buzz term recently, especially on social media. If you feel this way too and want to know what it really takes to manifest what you want, including more money, happiness, and abundance, then you are going to love this episode. Join me as I sit down with mindset and manifestation coach, Asosa Osakwe, to talk about all things manifestation and the step a lot of people bypass when embarking on new goals and visions. She's been on her manifestation and personal growth journey for seven years now and recently became a coach after completely turning around her mindset and life. She went from lacking confidence, feeling stuck in life and in a toxic relationship, to being confident in herself, being in a happy and healthy relationship, going after her dreams and creating a life of abundance. And now she's dedicated to helping other entrepreneurs do the same. Asosa helps her clients uplevel their lives, overcome their mindset blocks, stress, fears, and doubts so they can confidently transition into their dream lives and attract more money, love, and confidence with ease. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Let's begin. You are listening to the School of Female podcast with me, your host, Carmen Doucette. I'm a proud girl mom, communications expert, and self-proclaimed introverted go-getter who appreciates a daily dose of personal development and a strong cup of coffee. If you appreciate authenticity and real talk, this podcast is for you. I'm on a mission to help you live well and up-level your life. Think of this podcast as a dose of girl talk that will leave you inspired, motivated, and equipped with the strategies you need to live a life you love. I invite you to join me as I sit down with badass women who are living passionate lives and are going after what they want. They'll be sharing with us their expertise as well as their advice on living well and how you can do the same. I believe that as women, we need to stop competing. When we learn from each other, we can reach our fullest potential. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this together and we're all just figuring it out as we go. So leave it with me to also share with you what I've learned over the years, what's worked for me and what hasn't to help you live life to the fullest. Thank you so much for pressing play today. Let's get started. Hello, Isosa. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you. Thank you for being on the School of Female podcast. It is such a pleasure of mine to have you on here today. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm just as excited. (laughs) I'm ready to just dive into all things manifestation with you. And I feel like, especially nowadays in the coaching world, especially on social media, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I feel like manifestation has become a little bit of like a fluff term. Like manifestation is like a magical thing where things just like come into your life and it's Uh, kind of like a buzzword lately. So I'm so excited to talk to you just about that. Um, (laughs) and just to start off, like how you and listeners heard a little bit in your introduction, like you have really done the inner work and you have been on a personal journey yourself to get you to this point of coaching other women. Um, but I would love love to hear it from you, just like how this all started and how you got into this whole world. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I love that you acknowledge the fact that I did the inner work because yes, that's 100% where it starts. So, um, I feel like my journey really started about seven plus years ago. And it's really funny because I feel like a lot of people get into manifestation with the movie, the secret, but I read the book first. And when I read it, I had no clue what it was about. I just kept hearing about this book and I was like, okay, I might as well read it. Right. And funny enough, I always was really into personal development. So I would have read it anyways, if I knew what it was about, but I had no clue what it was about. I I honestly, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a fictional book. (laughs) So I read it. Yeah. I read it. And my first reaction was kind of, "Mm, this is not for me. Like I I was very against it. I was very much like rejecting all the teachings. I was like, if, you know, if that was true, then we'd all be uh, like millionaires. But if you think about it, if we all thought that way, we would all be millionaires. And we all don't think that way. We all don't have that awareness of our consciousness and the power of our words and our thoughts. Right. So it actually does make sense. But immediately I was like, nope. (laughs) And after um, a few weeks, I found like, after I'd like completely let go, whatever, I found that 
the way I was thinking was different, but I, you know, it wasn't necessarily like something consciously I was doing. I felt like it was more subconsciously. And then I started mm-hmm. noticing little, like almost like hints, like I kept finding money everywhere. And usually that's, that's the thing amazing. you have the most resistance to. <laughs> it was, there was one instance where I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a sign because it would be in the most obvious places, like busy intersections. I'd be riding my bike. I'd run over something. I'm like, what was that? Look back a $5 bill. I went there. I was at a very busy mall, like an extremely busy mall like it was packed this is obviously pre the, the icky I call it yeah or of course <laughs> and um I was looking at the ground and I was like right in front of the ATM there was a crisp it was a little bit in, like further in front of it a crisp $100 bill and I said all of these people yeah. are walking past this $100 bill so obviously I was like okay yeah probably there's you know something is going on here I must be consciously creating something so anyways over time, I, I really figured out, um, I guess through trial and error, how manifestation really works. But I felt like it was about two years ago where I really figured it out because I'd kind of hit a plateau um, in my life and, you know, lots of different areas in my life. I felt mm-hmm. like I was in a toxic relationship. I didn't really have the best friends. I just felt very unhappy and I was in like a rut. So um, when that happened, I started doing manifestation from a different approach. And that was like a really healing first approach. So instead of looking at doing this technique or that technique, I really focused on doing the deep inner healing work. And for me, a lot of that was working on my relationship trauma and, you know, certain past uh, situations that I've been through and going back and doing that deep inner healing work so that I can move forward. Yes. I love that so much. And we, I had mentioned to you before we started the interview, but I am just finishing up Catherine Zankina's Manifestation Babe Academy. And that made me think of something that she says is like, because so many like coaches out there, they don't do the inner work first. And that's so key. And that's the hard part that people mostly like don't want to do, right? Like we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to go down there. And Mm -hmm. she says without doing that inner work, it's the same as just sprinkling like glitter onto the shit. Like, yeah, it's going to look nice, but it's still going to be there. So you have to get rid of it first before anything can truly manifest and stay long-term. Exactly. Yes. Wow. It's like having dead roots, right? And you just keep putting water and water. Nothing good is going to grow from it, right? Because you haven't dealt with the underlying issue. Yes, exactly. So do you have, like, if somebody's at the beginning of their journey right now, do you have any, like, healing tips? Like, just somebody can start kind of exploring. Like, if somebody's listening and they're like, well, what exactly is inner work? Like, how do I start healing? just in a simple way, do you have any tips for somebody to just kind of start that whole process? Yeah. Okay. So the biggest thing is that it's about getting uncomfortable and knowing that healing is Mm -hmm. going to be uncomfortable, but it's also necessary, right? So you want to ask yourself, what is more uncomfortable for me? Is it constantly feeling stuck in the same unfulfilling jobs, relationships, or whatever it may be, or healing from certain situations that have kept you in the same place? So a lot of it, I'd say, start Mm -hmm. off with really just questioning everything in your life, because the way that our minds work is the second you ask it a question, it starts to look for the answer. So if you start to ask yourself, am I truly happy, you know, in this relationship? Am I truly happy in this job? Or why am I in this job? Why am I still staying here? What can I do, you know, differently? Start to really question everything. Okay. And do you have, and I guess this is more of like a personal question, but in terms of kind of getting to that root, so say if somebody's in like, for an example, a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. and they probably, they probably know it, right? Like we're not blind yeah. when, when we're in a situation like that, but we tend to kind of turn a blind eye because it's easier. Um, Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if somebody's in that situation, like, do you use journaling or do you use anything like that to kind of um, get down to that root? Yes. Shadow work. Okay. So shadow mm-hmm. work, um, I'm weary about suggesting this for newbies not to say that they can't handle it, but it's very, 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 it goes very deep. So you have to first and foremost, be okay with being radically honest with yourself and knowing that Mm -hmm. certain things are going to come up. That's going to be hard for you to deal with. And that's completely okay. So shadow work is, it's literally exactly what it sounds like. So you're dealing with what's called your shadow. 
And your shadow was kind of like the dark, I guess you would call it the dark side of you, or, you know, the things that you kind of keep in your closet that you don't want people to know about you. You don't even want to acknowledge about yourself. So that could be like situations you've been through, things people have said to you, things you've done yourself. Um, So Mm -hmm. shadow work really helps you get to the root of whatever like your subconscious blocks are. Right. That's so cool. Yes. I've just recently learned about shadow work and I mean, you've just just described what it is, but it's just so interesting. Like when you start kind of peeling back those layers, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's not glamorous by any means, because like you said, (laughs) it's all those parts of yourself that you don't put on the forefront for the world to see. So yeah. Or even Um, yourself. Right. Right. That's so interesting. I love that so much. Um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit there, like how you approach manifestation and you really focus on the inner healing first and doing that inner work. Can you kind of go over just briefly um, how you help clients manifest their dream lives? Like, could you put the process in like a little nutshell for us? Like, yes, because that just sounds so glam, like freaking sign me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. What does that process um, look like? Some some shameless promo here because I, I have a program that literally goes through my exact process that's been like seven plus years, but it, it shrinks it down into six weeks. And I really went through, okay, what were like the major milestones that I had to go through? And, and for me, that was things like, you know, starting off again with the deep inner healing. That's when I really had those shifts. So that's focusing on, I call mm-hmm. it breaking up with your limiting beliefs. So that's not just Love identifying that. what they are, right? But that's working on the the shadow work, doing all that like deep inner healing, uh, revising your negative self-talk, fostering more positive self-talk. I have a week about becoming a confidence queen. So, you know, we've, it's like you're taking away certain layers, but then you're putting back like more positive layers on top of it. And a lot of times, a lot of people, they deal with things like self-doubt and and self-sabotage because they're not really that confident. So we focus right. on that and we ended off with reprogramming your subconscious mind. So I'm sure you've kind of learned a little bit about your subconscious mind, but for any listeners who don't really know the power of the subconscious mind, oh my goodness, it's crazy. So I believe it's 95% of your actions or in your life is done by your subconscious mind and only 5% is conscious, right? A lot mm. of the things that we do every day are habitual actions. So your subconscious mind, essentially, it deals with all of your, your habits, um, your thoughts. It's those deep-rooted beliefs that we have. And it it drives, again, 95% of what we do. It is so insane. And you're right. And when I first heard those numbers, and I think it was like um, an example of somebody wanting to lose weight was the example. And 5% of your like determination and your will to lose weight, that is going to be heavily outweighed by your subconscious beliefs and your identity, because that takes up 95% of you. Exactly. So when you start thinking about it in just simple ways, I mean, that's just one example, but when you start really thinking about it like that, the mind blowing, it is just crazy. And it tells you the power of mindset and really doing that mindset work, right? Because you start to realize how much power it has over your entire life. I think some people can hear those numbers and be discouraged and think, oh, well then, you know, I'm not really in control of my life, but that's not true in the slightest bit. You can reprogram your subconscious mind so that it's more in alignment with the goals that you currently have, or so that, you know, you're conditioned mm-hmm. for success. Yes. Yes. And one thing, so you mentioned the beginning, how like the beginning of your journey, you would just come across money. Like mm-hmm. you would just find money. And mm-hmm. I think I don't remember where I heard this, but it was something similar. And it wasn't to the degree of your like $100 bill or anything like that. But it was something about, um, you know, when you find money, even if it's just a penny on the street, so many people are thinking like, oh, it's just a pet. First of all, it's a penny. Second of all, it's on the street. I'm not going to pick it up. Like, what are people going to think of me if they see me like picking up this dirty coin? Um, <laughs> but the messages that that sends to your subconscious mind. is insane because you're just, first of all, never disrespect money like that. And second of all, you're, you're putting out into the universe, this energy of, I don't want money. And like that silly little example might seem like silly, but when you think about it, it's so true. How like 
just little habits like that. I'm not saying you have to go like sweep the streets for money, but those little choices each day, when they come up in your life, you may not think of them as a big deal, but they are. Yeah. They culminate. Yes. Especially around money. And I don't know if you found this with a lot of your clients, I didn't realize this was a limiting belief of mine. And, but I think a lot of women struggle with it is limiting beliefs around money and what we think now, not all women, of course, I'm not saying that, but just me personally, um, what we think we're worthy of, but I didn't, of course, Oh, I, I know I'm worthy of a million dollars, but do I really? And like, when you start peeling back those layers, it's insane how we've almost been conditioned to think of certain things that are not possible for us, but they are. So I'm so curious to know after hearing your story earlier too, like, how do you personally attract more money into your life? And because it's often demonized, especially in our culture today, like I've stopped watching reality TV and I've, I'm really, really mindful of content that I consume that talks about money in a negative way, because I know now how that's impacting me in ways that I never knew before. So I would be really curious to know, like money's a huge one who doesn't want more money, um, (laughs) how you personally attract more money into your life. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So first of all, before I get into that, um, you mentioned a lot about demonizing money and, and that really resonated. I feel like a lot of the clients I do end up working with, that is a huge thing that ends up, you know, blocking them from attracting more money because they have this deep rooted belief that it's inherently bad. So that's a huge myth. People think that you can't be spiritual and also love money, right? We think that they have to be like mutually exclusive and that's not true at all. Right, right, right. It's just we hear it all the time, but it genuinely is just an energy. It only has the only reason money has value is because we as a society have collectively decided, oh, this is the value that money has, right? Otherwise, it doesn't have any value. The same way, the penny. We all have decided, oh, it's not. We basically decided that it um, has no value because in Canada, it's not even in circulation anymore. So, (laughs) when I thought of that, when I said that. (laughs) <laughs> so, I can't um, even find them anymore. No, not at all. So, um, you know, it's just about shifting your beliefs and, and seeing that money can open a lot of doors for you. And it allows you to experience certain things that you may not have been, been able to experience in the past. So you want to think about what money can do and the good that it can do. I always like to say, it's not that money is good or bad. And it's not that you become a bad person um, by having money. It's that it amplifies who you already were before that. So if you were, you know, a good, a giving person, you're more, most likely you're going to be more of a giving person. You're going to find more opportunities to do that. And if you were someone who hoarded your money, you're more likely going to hoard your money. Um, So how I personally attract money into my life is by normalizing having it. And one thing that I used to do, (laughs) which is actually kind of funny. um, So I would go on Google and I'd look up like I'm Canadian. So I'd look up the Canadian like different bills and I'd, um, okay, I would print it, but not in the same size. I'd make them very small. So it would be obvious. It's not like monopoly money. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like monopoly money. And I would put it all around my room. I'd put like some in like my wallet. So if I'd open it, I'd see, I, you know, you would see money. And again, I love that. Yes, exactly. And that, I didn't even realize at the moment what I was doing, but I was just thinking, oh, like, it'll be cool. I'll just think I'm always finding money. And now knowing, like I was I actually, now I'm even having another epiphany. I'm like, oh, that's probably why I kept finding money all the time because I did those little yes, absolutely. things and I was pr- reprogramming my subconscious mind to, to realize, oh, okay, well, money's everywhere. Right. So it was more open yes. to receiving it. Yeah. That that's actually crazy. I didn't even think about that until now. And yeah. did you do that? Did you, okay. I'm going to say like print money, but you printed off images of money. Um, yeah. Did you do that? before you even learned all about this stuff? Um, that's a good question. I feel like I did now that I'm thinking about it. That is amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. But yeah, but seeing the money all around my room and like in my wallet and things like that, every time I would open it, it, like I said, it helped program my subconscious mind to realize money's always around me and it's always attracted to me and available to me. And that just helped me foster that abundance mindset, which made me an energetic match for more money. And I find that that's something that a lot of people 
have difficulty with being like be here all the time be an energetic match for money and you're like okay well if yeah. I have what I want like how can I do that and again it's about normalizing it even being around people who have more money or or following certain people I think we follow certain people on on social media and we see that as um we just start to compare ourselves and we think yeah well, look at what this person has and instead of looking at at it like that again it's about having those mindset shifts and something I've recently been doing is if I see someone has something that I I want I see that as oh that means I can have it too because there's a reason why you're seeing that yes I'm so glad that you said that because it is so easy like before you start learning about all this mindset work it's so easy especially with social media we see other people having these huge successes and like buying whatever the beamer and all this and it's like oh man like you get to have that, you start getting jealous, right? Exactly. But really, and you're thinking, you're demonizing it, being like, damn, I want that. When really, whatever someone else does or has is just proof that you too can have it if you want. Exactly. And it's to be celebrated. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love that you said that. That's another thing too. I've been making it a point. If I see someone has something that I want, I'm, I get so excited for them and, and genuinely excited for them again, because I realized, I mean, that's obviously a great accomplishment for them, but also it it's, I feel like I'm also like telling my mind, okay, this is possible for you too, and get excited and tap into that energy now. So that when that moment comes, you know, you're ready. (laughs) Yeah. It's so critical. And I find like, and I never knew that before until I started learning truly about all of these different, like, I want to say rules of manifestation, but it's so true. Um, Okay. You had mentioned um, becoming an energetic match. Yes. And for someone listening right now who doesn't really know what that means, can you just get into that a little bit? Like, and I know you gave a couple examples of how you can raise your energy, I want to (laughs) say, to match perhaps a goal or an amount of money that you want to make or whatever. Um, What exactly is like becoming an energetic match to something? Yeah. Okay. So everything is energy and I'm going to sound like a cliche, but (laughs) everything is energy. And um, from, you know, kind of a, a physics perspective, everything vibrates, right? Even the table that you're looking at, there are a bunch of tiny particles that are vibrating. So the same way your desire. So for example, money has a frequency and we ourselves emit a frequency. So if you look it up, there's a scale and it tells you like the, the different numbers for each of the frequencies and things like that. And becoming an energetic match for your desire or for money, for example, it just looks like um, essentially raising your vibration. So raising your frequency to match what what the the frequency of money is so that again that can look like different things like normalizing money um that can look like in investing in yourself um that can look like just different things whatever whatever it it takes for you to I guess kind of normalize money and make it feel fun and easy right right and I love too what you said before as well about surrounding yourself with people who have money or and I've I think this was an Ed Milet podcast episode, but he had mentioned, you know, and especially nowadays, it's not even like we can get together in groups or you can go like to networking yeah. events or anything like that, but you can start surrounding yourself with authors of books by reading their books, by podcast hosts, yes. by listening to their podcasts. Like you can bring people into your world in other ways now, other than like the traditional sense of your circle of friends or who you're having over on Friday night or whatever. Right. So 100%. that's, yeah, yeah. That's so huge. Um, so the day of this recording is February 1st. I can't believe this. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but the new year, it's still kind of at the beginning of the new year. Um, yeah. can you I talk a little bit? Is it okay? I believe so. <laughs> Okay. So we're good. We're good. I really, um, I want to talk to you about vision boards mm-hmm. and kind of maybe like your personal approach at the beginning of a new year and what you do to kind of set your goals. So you actually manifest them. Um, can you talk to us about like, do you do vision boards or kind of what's Absolutely. your opinion on those? How do you do them? <laughs> Give us the deets. 
Absolutely, because we're visual creatures. So we need something, we need to like visualize uh, what our desire is. So it feels real, right? And the feeling is like I was saying before about like becoming an energetic match. The feeling is truly the secret. That's truly where the manifestation comes from. So mm-hmm. I used to create vision boards like the traditional way cutting out pictures from a magazine, putting it on a board. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I've kind of revamped the way I do it now. Um, I guess social media has influenced this as well, just because it's so much easier to have one on Pinterest and things like that. But now what Mm -hmm. I do is I'll create a vision board and I'll put it on my laptop screen. I'll have it on my phone screen. If I want, I'll create a physical one, but I do, I'm more organized. So I do like a book (laughs) and each page is like a different category, but it's kind of fun for me to do it that way. Um, And one of the biggest tips that I'll give is you don't just want to put things on there, like physical items that you want, like a new car or a new house, even though those things are amazing. And obviously if those are your desires, those are your desires, but you want to put pictures and, and words that evoke a feeling for you or describe a feeling that you want to feel. So for example, if you want money, most likely it's abundance. You want, you want to feel abundant. You want to feel financially free, financially stable. So you want to create, um, a vision board that evokes those feelings for you, not just an aesthetic. Right. Okay. And that's so true because it's like that example where if you hear the word, it could be any word, but like red triangle, you're thinking of an image of a red triangle. You don't see the word written out. Right. So we are, we need that visual stimulation and then, okay. So you're saying add words. That's good to know because right now mine just has images. (laughs) I'm still rocking my mind from 2021. I need to update it. Um, Oh my gosh. Me too. I'm guilty. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not just me. Um, but that's a really good tip. That's a really good tip. Um, okay. So one other thing that I really want to ask you as well, because I don't know if I'm just going crazy or if I've, I'm literally seeing them everywhere is angel numbers. Mm -hmm. Can you explain? (laughs) Because I don't want to, (laughs) I don't want to explain to the listeners. Can you explain for us what angel numbers are and what they mean, because you can easily kind of Google like, oh, what's the meaning of 1111, but you kind of get different answers sometimes. Mm. Um, Do you see angel numbers a lot? Yes. I feel like my angel numbers are 1111, 222, and 888. And um, so angel numbers are, it depends if you're religious or not, but um, <laughs> essentially they're signs, right? They're signs. You can say they're right. from an angel or whomever, but they're signs. And each time you see them, it's interesting that you said that you see different, like um, if you Google it, you like get different things because I always do that. Well, pretty often now I kind of know, like for the most part, when I do see it, what it means. But sometimes if it's like a random one, like I'll see three, 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 and I'm like, I don't normally see that. I'll like Google it and right. see. And I feel like every time you look it up, you get a different, um, you get a different interpretation because that's what you need in that moment. So, oh, yes, that's I feel kind like a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, I feel like there is a standard way of looking at how they all work out and and what their true meanings are. But I also think that in each and every moment, what you need is different. Like the message you need is different. Yes. Okay. And something too, like. I've heard this recently and I want to know your opinion on it is like, and I'll be real with you. I only see angel numbers when I look at the time, like Mm -hmm. I don't see them like out in the world on license plates or house numbers or anything like that. It's only ever at when I look at the clock. So is it true that you need to see angel numbers consistently for it to actually mean something? Like your opinion on that. That's what I've heard recently. And I don't know if it's true. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Because I don't see the reason why you would have to see it more than one time for it to mean something. I mean, I guess it's different if like you have, um, if you have like an alarm for like, let's say 1111. And then you're like, oh, well, that's angel numbers because yeah, obviously right. the angel numbers <laughs> like you're seeing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're speaking it out. But if you're genuinely looking at the time and you're trying to see the time and then, you know, you catch that. Yeah. Think, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I kind of thought too. So then when I heard this, I was like, well, I don't even know what the hell to believe anymore. So <laughs> I wanted to believe ask you what that you want to believe. 
Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, so are there any lessons? I mean, I know it's, we're into February now, but are there any lessons from last year that you've learned that you can kind of share with us that you're bringing into 2022 when it comes to manifesting? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So the first one is to really go with the flow. Life doesn't always work out the way that you want it to. And and this is something that I've had to learn honestly for years, especially 2021, but honestly uh, for years. (laughs) And I completely changed my career path last year. And I found what my real soul path and and what I was called to do. Um, But I wouldn't have been open to that if I let myself be stuck on this rigid linear path, which is what I feel like society wants us to do. They want us to decide at 18, which is crazy. And that's a whole other podcast in and of itself, what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Right. And I've always been the type of person, like I I've as a teenager, especially I was very decisive actually. And I feel like it's kind of flipped. It's not that I'm not decisive now, but I just more so go with the flow. So with certain decisions, if I want to do something today and don't want to do it tomorrow, I just let that be right. Cause that might be what I need to do in that moment. So mm-hmm. just realizing that today, um, if you want something and tomorrow you, you may not want it. And that's perfectly fine. Um, because you have to yeah, live your life for yourself, not for other people and, and do what is going to make you feel excited and, and lit up. Yes, absolutely. So out of curiosity, if you don't mind sharing, what did you do um, before you kind of entered the coaching world? Oh my goodness. Okay. Whoa. There were so many. Okay. So first and foremost, I thought I was going to be a pediatrician for the longest time. No way. Cool. Got barely past chemistry. In fact, I'm pretty (laughs) sure I didn't in high school. (laughs) Got to, um, university again chemistry and I was like you know what I- I'm done I-, I felt like I was just pushing it because I just I said oh I was I always said I was gonna be a doctor and I was like I'm not even doing it because I want to do it now I'm just doing it because I said I was gonna do it so right. about my second year of university I decided I was gonna go into public health which is something that I felt like I'd had a calling um towards for a while and it's not necessarily something I'm I'm um against doing now um but last year it was really about March where I'd been doing a lot of reflection with this icky. And I realized during this time I had to do so much healing. And even like in the past two years, I had to do so much deep inner healing work. And I just felt like, I won't say I manifested my dream life, but very close to it because a lot of things started shifting for me. Again, got out of a toxic relationship and then ended up with who I call my soulmate. And even just like the people who I'm <laughs> uh, even the people who I'm around on a daily basis, and even genuinely how I feel about myself, I'm so much more confident than I was years ago. Like the fact that I'm doing what I do now and I'm speaking to women every single day is just crazy because I would have never done something like this. I was actually last year was the first time that I got social media. So it was like a whole new world. Really? Yes. It was a whole new world. So to, and it's funny enough, my year my word of the year last year was fearlessness. And I really feel like I embodied that. And, um, if, if I hadn't done that, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Do you have a, a word for this year that you've kind of chosen for yourself? Yes. It's expansion. (laughs) Love it. I just want to expand on everything, growth, healing, success, everything. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I was even going to suggest that for you to add like a word (laughs) for your year on your vision board. Yes. That's such a good tip. And I've heard of other, like I've heard of people doing that before. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of podcasts that I listen to, they always have like a word that kind of is the theme for their year. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be, that'd be cool. But then like, I'm onto something else. And like, I don't really pick one, but you've inspired me. I think I need to pick my word today. Maybe I'll share it on my Instagram later. Um, yeah, I love that so much. I love how you have embraced this like inner confidence. Like you've just come out of your shell and you're allowing yourself to do that. And you're not letting your ego Mm-hmm. Pull you pull you back down to like where you're comfortable and where things are yeah. familiar. It's so and it's so sneaky and intelligent that little yeah. voice in our head that we think we're doing the right thing when really it's like tricked us into just playing small. Yeah, perhaps going after something, but not not the big thing. It's keeping exactly. us down, going for something safe. I was just so, about to say that, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Like, yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you said, um, you know, that little voice, because something that like I ask my clients a lot too, and obviously myself is Mm -hmm. what voice does that ego sound like? Obviously like it's in your mind. So it sounds like your voice, but if you really think about it, who does that sound like in your life? Or like what situation does that sound like? Because a lot of times when you really like dig deep, you realize that doesn't even sound like me questioning myself or wondering, Hmm, am I able to do this? That sounds like this person who one time said this to me, or that sounds like when I heard so-and-so say that, Oh, this is going to be hard. You know what I mean? A lot of our limiting beliefs we're not just ingrained on us, you know, from ourselves, but it's like, it's other people and other situations. Mm -hmm. And I think with our ego mind, um, a lot of it comes from fear. Somebody asked me recently, how do you know the difference between intuition and and ego? Cause everyone says it's like this gut feeling where it's like, you know, it's a voice. And I think that, yes, I feel like your intuition is more of a gut feeling or it's more of a, a, bodily reaction, like a positive bodily reaction. And yes, you may feel a little bit of that anxiousness, but I feel like it comes from a place of excitement and there's always an inner knowing that it's, it's going to be okay. Whereas your ego, it comes from a place of fear, fear fear-based anxiety. And your ego usually sounds like, um, oh, you can't do that. If you do that, this is going to happen or Um, that's Mm -hmm. only possible for this person, but your intuition more so sounds like, and again, your intuition can, can tell you, it can be an inner knowing that something isn't for you. But again, it's more of that positive. This isn't right for you, or this isn't a lot. Yeah. Right. It's more of a distinction rather than compared to the ego. That's more of like, um, like a bully, like a voice that's trying to like bring you down. Yes. Right. Okay. That's very helpful. That's and very helpful. And you always feel scared with, with ego. It, you'll, you'll know because if it mm. comes to you making a decision, when you reflect on it, you feel scared. Oh, okay. Can you give an example of that? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'll give an example actually of starting a business. So sometimes you, you okay. might have that, that intuitive feeling that um, you want to start a business and your ego will be telling you, well, I don't remember the percentage, but blah, 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 percentage of business owners like fail in their first year. And you start to have the, the, that feeling of anxiety and worry. And you hear yourself saying things like, oh, this isn't for me and giving up. And you just feel very scared as opposed to maybe that intuitive feeling that, yes, this is scary, but you lean into that. And you're like, hmm, I can do this. Yes. So hopefully yes. that makes sense. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm just like, that's so good. It's so good. And it's so true. The ego now I'm, I may not be correct by saying this, but I feel like oftentimes when we're, um, when we're, you know, expanding into new territory, the ego is typically the first one to show up because it's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to keep us like your ego, like, and your subconscious mind, like all of it, it doesn't forget anything. Right. No. So it's linking that feeling maybe back to like freaking second grade when you were yes. by some kid and you're trying, it's trying to keep you safe. Yes. Right. Because so, it goes based off of your past and what's happened to you or what you've seen happen to other people in your past. Right. The thing about mm-hmm. your ego is that it's made to keep you safe. It's made to keep you in your comfort zone. And it tells you when something is um, unsafe. The problem is sometimes what's unsafe, quote unquote, I just realized people can't see me. <laughs> but what's <laughs> unsafe is things that, again, they take you out of your comfort zone. So back in the hunting and gatherer days, like what was unsafe was being faced with a bear. Today, the bear is public speaking, right? It's right. something that it's scary. It's uncomfortable. It's quote unquote unsafe, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you're most likely not going to die from that. <laughs> Knock on Right. Me. It's so interesting that you use that example because even like, I don't know how you felt with public speaking or doing speeches, like in elementary school. Oh my God. Take like, don't take me back there because I can see, <laughs> I can still feel my nervous system just shutting down. Like I would get so nervous mm-hmm. that like, oh my God, I would dread it. Like days leading up to my speech, I would be just like combusting inside. Like I was so nervous. I would feel yeah. sick. 
And like, you're right. Like that's, and why? Like I'm physically okay. Like you're just standing up, but it's the ego trying to keep you safe because I was bullied in elementary school. So it's like linking all that now. It's like, yeah, no wonder I was nervous because I'm standing in front of all these like kids that are bullying me. Right. But back in the day, like you were saying, like hunters and gatherers, that same maybe nervous system response was to like a life and death situation. Whereas now we're facing, you know, everyday things like now I can public speak and I'm fine, but it's like learning to kind of differentiate between what, am I truly at risk here? Like breaking it down and kind of talking yourself down is so key. Yes. I love that you said that talking yourself down and, and really evaluating if you're actually at risk. And I think if a lot of times when you're faced with uncomfortable decisions or things where, you know, your, your ego mind starts coming up and you start questioning yourself and having that self-doubt, ask yourself that question. If you're actually at risk, that's a really good one. I'm going to start doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like keeping things in perspective. Exactly. You know? we're so quick to just talk ourselves out of things sometimes when it's unfamiliar or what have you. Yes. Yes. I saw a quote the other day and it said, um, it said something along the lines of don't self-reject. A lot of times we look at a, a job posting online and we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe someone's more qualified. We self reject or, or we want to start a business and we're like, "Mm, well, you know what? I'm not a good public speaker. We self-reject. And I do this myself. I noticed I do this myself and I've been telling myself more consciously, like don't self-reject, don't assume anything. Right. And that's the power of um, not the law of attraction, but the law of assumption, our assumptions create our reality because what we assume, right. It then it ingrains on our subconscious mind, those thought patterns, those beliefs, those habits. Right. And you're going to start your actions are going to be influenced by those beliefs. And then obviously you're going to end up, you're either going to act out on what it is that you assume, or you're not going to act out. And then that's going to obviously create your reality. Right. So it's, it's the power of our assumptions. And if you start assuming that things are working in your favor, you're going to act like things are working in your favor. Right. And you're going to attract more opportunities that do work in your favor, as opposed to the opposite. And you're just assuming, oh, well, everything is against me. If you think about it, have you ever woken up and it's maybe rained outside and you're like, oh, this is going to be a terrible day. And then you miss the bus that day. And then you're late for work that day. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And then it's just like a snowball effect. (laughs) And you're like, it's all because I woke up late. (laughs) No, it's not because you woke (laughs) up late. It's because of how you reacted when you woke up late and what you assumed your day was going to be like. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking of a specific example. I think it was last summer and I was already like, I already knew enough about like the law of attraction and all that stuff to understand what I was doing, but I didn't even care. It was like (laughs) the train had left the station and I knew it was going to be like a shitty day. And it was because you're right. It snowballs. It snowballs. So one thing that kind of, um, like when I started learning about all of this stuff, one thing that kind of scared me was like, oh damn, like what if I have a negative thought or what if, like, I think that's a common misconception. That's like, you have to be like shooting rainbows out of your ass all the time. And that's so (laughs) not true. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Cause I feel like sometimes we can get scared. Like, oh my God. Okay. If my thoughts attract things, right. Like Mm -hmm. the law of attraction, what if I have a bad thought or what if I have a bad day? Am I like undoing all of the progress that I've made? Cause I feel like that's where a lot of people go wrong and they think that, you know, they can't be negative or they can't experience sad emotions without it impacting their life when really like, that's not true. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. And I think that's, um, it starts off, you have to understand kind of how manifestation works. And um, that kind of goes back to what we were initially talking about in the beginning. It's become like this fluff, like people just think like, oh, you just think it and it happens. No, there's still action behind that manifestation is it's thoughts, beliefs, um, actions, right? So it's it's Mm. consciously creating. And I think a lot of people think it's unconsciously creating and it's consciously creating. So right what you um, resist is going to persist. So Mm -hmm. if you're resisting 
feeling your emotions and those negative uh, emotions and, and those negative thoughts, it's just going to keep persisting, right? It's, you're just putting, you're just putting, um, like, uh, what you said earlier, you're, you're just putting like gl glitter on top, right? It, it's yeah, exactly. Trying to decorate something ugly, right? You still have to deal with it. A lot of times I've, and I say this all the time, a lot of times I've manifested things like I've manifested, you know, apartments or I've manifested, um, you know, money or, or, um, maybe like the ability to pay off certain things, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've manifested things when I've been bawling my eyes out and, and, and crying and sad. And, and people will say, you know, that's low vibe. You're, you're in a low vibe, but I right. still manifested. You know why? Because it wasn't just the thoughts. <clears throat> it wasn't just about having the thoughts and, and the beliefs. It was also about the actions and I was still taking the actions to get closer yes. to my goal, you know? And yes. I always say emotions are like a tunnel. So the sooner you go through them is the sooner you're going to come out on the other side and you want to allow yourself to go through them. And sometimes I say to just give yourself, like, give yourself a time limit. And if you're in a bad mood, you can be like, I'm going to be in a bad mood today. I'm going to be in a bad mood for 30 minutes. I'm going to like sit here mm. and be in a bad mood, be upset. And then afterwards, I'm going to get up and do what I have to do. Right. It's, you have to give yourself that safe space to feel your feelings and, and feel your emotions yeah. and have the thoughts that, you know, that, that are coming up. I think a lot of times we think with manifestation that, yes, we're reframing like, um, these negative thought patterns and things like that. And we just think like, oh yeah, we're going to be, um, positive all the time and whatever. And that's not necessarily true. That's not how life works. It's just about being mm -hmm. able to healthily cope with that. And again, sometimes coping with that in a healthy way is giving yourself that space and that time for, you know, whatever period of time to focus on that emotion, focus on mm -hmm. those negative thoughts and then release it. It's just about knowing that you don't have to park yourself there forever. Yes. I love that so much. You're so right. Especially like, I feel like we're in kind of like a band-aid society, you know, it's like, oh. and no fault of our own. It's almost just like, well, it's just like second nature, like habit. Like if you have a friend who's saying, oh my goodness, like, I'm just not feeling good today. Like I'm whatever. It could be any example. And you go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? It's like, you try to just like patch it up, yes. but instead of being like, it's okay, girl, like let it out have your moment, have your day, whatever, like you just said, it's so critical. And we try to just kind of suppress it down. And that's, it's sure. It might feel better that day if you just kind of ignore it, but in the long run, it will come back up. Right. Exactly. Yes. We're in an instant gratification uh, era right now. And yes. even, even in situations like where you're saying, yes, people always, they want to feel good and, and, and they want, you know, their desires and things like that. We want that instant gratification, but sometimes we even want the instant gratification of feeling okay right away. We don't want to feel those mm -hmm. negative emotions. And it's all about that duality too. Without happiness, you would know sadness and vice versa. So you need right. both. Right. Yes, absolutely. The law of polarity, right? Yes. It's like, there's yes. always going to be the opposite. You need it to have that balance. Um, so you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you really help your clients gain their confidence and I just love your approach. Can you tell us a little bit about like your, I think you said it was six week program, yes. um, yes. a little bit about like your services and your programs and how people can begin to work with you. You're just so amazing. Oh, I would just you. love to hear about like everything that you offer. Yeah. So uh, obviously I'm a mindset and manifestation coach. So I do coaching. Um, my main offer right now is attract your dream life. And that's a six week mindset and manifestation coaching program. So that's for the woman or the female entrepreneur who is ready to up level in her life. So she's ready to do the mindset work to get to where her goals are, whether that's more money, more love, more confidence. It's for the woman who's ready to become a confidence queen and heal from her past. So she can confidently transition into her dream life with ease and flow. I'm all about the ease, all about the flow here. I'm not about the force. And you know, the main thing I always say is I'm the coach for you. If you want to do the deep inner healing work, if you want the quick fixes and you just want, you know, you want your desire yesterday, I'm not the coach for you because I'm in it for the long run. I'm in it for those yes. long lasting results. And that's what I've had. And that's what my clients have had, because we don't just, we don't do the whole, it's funny. You said the bandaid, because I was even thinking of that analogy. I don't put a bandaid on a bullet wound, you know, right. We're, we're going deep. We're removing the bullet and then we're putting a bandage over it. Yes. 
because this is lifelong. And I think too, like a lot of people, I don't know if you come across this with any of your clients, like at the beginning, um, probably not because if you're, you're attracting the right people into your program for sure. But it's like, (laughs) people think that, okay, I'm going to do this inner work. I'm going to give it like a month. I'm going to go through all of my, you know, past trauma. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to move on. And in six months, my life's going to be perfect. I won't have to do any of this shit anymore and whatever, (laughs) but like, this is lifelong. This is ongoing, right? Yeah. Especially healing work. There's constantly things coming up. Something interesting I saw the other day was um, money's always the easiest thing to talk, uh, at least like to use as an example, because everybody wants it. And um, a coach had said, the coaches who make 50K plus have more mindset blocks than the coaches making less than 5K a month. And I was like, that Mm. makes, you know what? You would think it doesn't make sense, but it actually does make a lot of sense. Because at that point, it's almost like you have more at, at, at loss because you've seen, you know, the, the rise that you've done and you start to feel that imposter syndrome coming up and, and whatever else it, it may be, or you realize that you never really did work on those money blocks, like new, they say new levels equal new devils. There's always going to be something new. Healing is not a linear path. It's a, it's a journey. It's a process. And it's something that you want to embrace. And, and the whole mindset and manifestation journey, it's something you want to embrace each and every single day. That doesn't just mean journaling every day. Again, it's about, like I said, consciously creating. So realizing in each and every moment that you're creating your reality and and letting that empower you. Yes. That can be very like daunting for some people. And they feel like that's like such a huge responsibility that they have. But I I think, yes, you can look at it like that, but also realize, yeah, that's a huge responsibility that I have and be empowered by that. Realize that Mm -hmm. um, if you kind of think of it in, in a way like, well, if something's happening, I'm choosing for it to happen. Yeah. If you look at it, if you look at it in that way, it, it shifts everything because then you start to feel in control of your life. And I think that's what everyone ultimately wants. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like, it takes a lot of responsibility because a yeah. lot of sometime, well, a lot of it. Yeah. is like, you may not want to think like, oh, my actions and my thoughts and, you know, my years of perhaps limiting beliefs have led to this. Like, we don't want to think that, but it's taking our responsibility. And like you said, it's empowering because you're taking back the reins, like you're in control and it's not all hope, like hope is gone. Like you have the ability to turn things around if you want, Exactly. like it's not too far gone and you help, you help women do that. Um, That's just so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. Is your, is your course self-paced? It's, it's a, um, so it's a program, but it's, it's private coaching. So it's six weeks okay. of one to one-to-one sessions. You also get, um, weekly accountability homework just to keep you, you know, accountable, yeah. <laughs> make sure yeah, you're yeah. actually like, moving through with the process. And, um, they also receive some pre-recorded mindset trainings just so you can do that you do on your own and, mm-hmm. um, some extra like workbooks. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I feel like everybody needs to do this. Like when I think back to myself, like even just like a year ago, like what the hell was I doing with my life? Like (laughs) not that I'm judging. I'm not, I'm going to reframe that. Not that I'm judging anybody who hasn't done any of this. It's, it's your journey. I'm not at all pushing it, but I'm just saying for me, what the hell did I do every day? Like just to not even have that in my awareness seems so foreign to me now. So it's crazy how quickly it can become part of your lifestyle. And it's so empowering. It's so good. I love that you said that. Cause I always say manifestation, it's not a technique. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a life change. If you think about, Mm -hmm. um, losing weight, right. It's the exact same way. It's not just, I'm going to like, well, yes, some people do just diet, but it's about having those lifestyle changes. That's where you get those long lasting results. And I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I feel like looking back, I'm like, I don't know how, how did I not know <laughs> this sooner? And, and I think I it's know. amazing though now, because people like in, in high school, no one knew about law of attraction, but, but I knew. Right. And that's only because Mm -hmm. I just heard about it. And that was even, I was in like grade 11. So I was right at the end. Right. And nowadays people know about manifestation in elementary school. People like, yeah, is so powerful. And I think that's, um, one good thing that we have so much awareness now. And I think we're going through like a big awakening. 
Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, one thing too, that I want listeners to know, because they may not know this is that manifestation happens 24 seven. Like yeah. it's, it's not. And I think that goes back to the beginning when we were talking about like, you know, it's become a little bit of a fluff term on mm-hmm. Instagram and Oh, manifest your, your dream life manifest this money. And it's like, okay, like that sounds amazing. But we are right. always manifesting. Like manifestation is something that's going on all the time. Yes. It's just whether or not we're in control of it, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. It's something that like I said, it's based on your beliefs, your your thoughts and your actions mm-hmm. and like all those things are happening 24/7 anyway. So of course, you're going to be consciously creating 24/7. And even the thoughts that, you know, it's that whole 95/5 um rule or ratio the thoughts mm-hmm. that you may have had yesterday they're or the thoughts you had yesterday they're impacting today and what you do today and what what you're experiencing today as well yeah so it's not just um what you do in the moment but it's what you do 24 7 and something interesting that I heard recently was if you think about each and every day like an investment towards tomorrow what you do is going to change because you're going to start to realize what I do today, the way I think today, the way I act today is going to impact what I experience tomorrow. Yes. And it doesn't have to be, yes, I love that. And it doesn't have to be like this overhaul of, okay, you're looking around your life and you're thinking, okay, every single area of my life, I need to improve. Like, holy crap. It doesn't have to be like that. If you could just pick one little thing a day, one little habit, it can snowball. I was just with it. Say, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about the snowball effect. It's all about like the small little things that you do, those little actions that you take, so that it culminates to like a a larger um, impact. If you get one percent better um, each and every day, I am actually confused about that because I said three hundred and sixty-five percent, but I've been seeing online they said that that makes you thirty-seven percent better at the end of the year. Someone else do the math, but <laughs> I know I've heard that too recently with the percentages, and I'm like. Okay. I'm not like a numbers person. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be a hell of a lot better is what we're trying to say, (laughs) but it's true. It's the compound effect. It's the compound effect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like somebody is going to be listening to this and being like, Oh my God, you guys like, no. (laughs) And it's funny because I actually was really good in math. (laughs) Really? eh? Yeah. I was always the English. Yeah. The social sciences. Yeah. Yeah. That was never my forte. But you know what? Okay. Now that, okay, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I feel like that's even a limiting belief where it's like, oh, I'm not a numbers person. It's like, oh yeah, you've just believed over time that you're not a numbers person, but it's like, we all can be whatever we want to be. Oh my goodness. Yes. I used to tell myself I wasn't creative and it's funny because, um, it was like very recently, like two years ago, I decided like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing my nails for myself because I was tired of spending money doing, um, doing uh like you know going to the nail salon so I would like make yeah. the press on nails like I paint them I decorate them oh, like cool. I do like cute little designs too and I started to realize like oh this is fun because it's like a little canvas on your nails and then I I, I got into like makeup I got into hair like uh, paint I I did painting when I was younger like I completely forgot all of these things and like even um recently I started doing like those adult coloring books you tell yourself something so many times that you start to believe yes. it and that's like the power of your words right Yes. But it's not true. You're only limited by what you tell yourself you are. Yes, it's so true. I can't believe I just like caught myself on air saying that. <laughs> but hey, at least I got it. I am a numbers person. I am. Yes. <laughs> I love that so much. Starts doing um, her taxes this year. <laughs> oh my God. I, I will always leave that to the accountant. I don't know how people can do their own taxes, but yeah. Seriously. <laughs> So where, where can people connect with you? Is it mostly on Instagram? Yeah, I'm mainly on Instagram at the affirmation boss. So that's T H E affirmation boss. Um, or you can find me on Facebook in my group master manifestors, but I'm mainly on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And I would love to get your opinion on this. Okay. So my last question is always the same because the mission that I have for the school of female podcast is to empower each other. Like, especially as women, like we have so much value that we can share with each other to just help 
lift each other up. So that's really the whole point of all of this. So I would love to know, have you learned something or do you have a piece of advice that you've picked up along the way that you don't mind sharing with us that you know would benefit another woman? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would say stop listening to everyone's expectations of you, society, your parents, family, friends, social media, stop listening to what other people think that you should have and who you should be at this point in time or at any point in time and start Mm. to listen to your intuition. As women, we were given the gift of intuition and it's crazy how intuitive we actually are, but we don't really tap into that. And when we do, we know what's better for ourselves more than any technique, any strategy or anyone else can tell you. So you have to live your life for yourself and living your life for yourself. It's not just saying that you're going to do that, but it's actually putting putting the work behind it and wholeheartedly doing that and being comfortable knowing that not everyone is going to accept that. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. And I think like, that's, it's an art and it's something that you get better at each and every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like living up to others' expectations and just judgments and opinions. Like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's very true. it's actually crazy how much we do that too, how, how often we try to live up to other people's expectations and, and societies. I feel like we're constantly putting ourselves in a, a rock in a hard place. We think that, why should we try to, why should we try to walk anybody else's path but our own? Like you're giving yourself unrealist, unrealistic expectations because you haven't been through everything else that they've been through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Thank you so much for being here today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I have just loved talking just all things manifestation with you. And I know that my listeners, they're going to go follow you right now on Instagram. You have such amazing content. You share such awesome value. And it's just been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. I hope this episode has left you inspired to live well. Please remember to leave a review and follow the show so you never miss out on future conversations. You can follow me on Instagram at the school of female and also visit my website at theschooloffemale.com to stay in touch and to learn my tips and tricks for living a life you love. Have a fantastic week, girlfriend, and I'll catch you next time. 